Daniel 7 is one of the great prophecies of the Bible. It's exciting, it's challenging, it's past and it's present and it's future. As we unwrap and unpack this prophecy a little today, I just hope it'll challenge you to open your Bible and find out a little bit more about this wonderful prophecy and what it has to say about the past, the present and the future. Good morning and welcome to the second part of our study into Daniel chapter 7. This is an exciting study, but I must say in these two meetings there is no way in all the world that we can cover everything. All I can do is is give you a brief look at what these prophecies have to say and then I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to encourage you to go home, open your Bible and study them for yourself. These are prophecies that lead to the end time the times that we live in, and so they are certainly worth studying. Those of you who were here last week will remember that we looked at the first part of Daniel chapter 7. In the first part of Daniel chapter 7, we have Daniel falling, Daniel the prophet falling into vision. And he has this amazing vision. And he sees these beasts coming up out of the sea. And if you were here, you will remember that we looked at some of the keys to Bible prophecy. And the first key that we looked at was the fact that sea represents peoples. A beast equals a kingdom or a power. And we looked at how in prophecy these were keys. A day equals one year. And so Daniel's in vision and he sees a beast, a kingdom, coming up out of the sea, out of a place where there are lots of people. And we saw how how these beasts represent four kingdoms of the ancient world. The first beast that Daniel saw coming up in his vision was a lion with wings. That lion represented the great and the mighty kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar known as ancient Babylon and then Daniel as he's in vision sees sees another beast and this beast is a bear with three ribs in its mouth raised up in one side look if you don't understand this prophecy go back to the program last week you can get it on DVD just by ordering it's free and go through it. It's a thrilling study. This second beast was Medo-Persia. And history tells us that Babylon was the first great world empire. After Babylon came Medo-Persia. After Medo-Persia, Daniel sees another beast. This time it's a leopard with four heads and wings. This leopard represented ancient Greece and the great king Alexander the Great. And this is where we start today. The Bible takes us in Daniel's vision that we can share by reading this story to a very interesting beast. Daniel chapter 7 verse 7. Now if you are here in the church, I invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with me. If you are watching this on television, then by all means get a Bible. Check out what I'm going to say this morning because this is important to you. Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 7 verse 7. So remember the context, Daniel's in vision. He sees four beasts. The first beast represented Babylon. The second beast represented Medo-Persia. The third beast represented Greece. Guess what? These are three kingdoms in history, in ancient history. Go to the library, check out the facts for yourself that came one after another. Kingdoms that ruled the world, Babylon, Medo-Persia, ancient Greece. And then something interesting begins to happen. And this takes us all the way down to our time today. Daniel chapter 7 verse 7, Daniel says as he's recounting this vision, after that in my vision at night I looked and before me was a fourth beast 
terrifying and frightening and very, very powerful. It had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims underfoot. It was different, the Bible says, from all the former beasts. And it had ten horns. Two things I want you to notice. Look at the text. One, this fourth beast was different. And two, it had ten horns. Firstly, let's identify that fourth beast. Go and have a look at your history books. Go to the library, check for yourself. You've got Babylon, it's there. You've got Medo-Persia, you can't escape that. Then there's Greece, oh, it's history. And after Greece comes this fourth beast, the mighty empire of pagan Rome. Isn't it amazing? Here we are in the Bible... And here is God. Look, Daniel had this vision somewhere between 605 to 538 BC. He has this vision when Babylon is at its zenith of power. Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, who are they? Never been really heard of. They're not great empires in the world that Daniel has the vision. But you see, God, who is the inspiration of the Bible, or the God I serve, I can tell you this morning, he knows the past, he knows the present, and you better believe it, he's the only one who knows the future. And he's giving Daniel a dream of the future. For us, look, sitting here today in the 21st century, most of this vision's the past. But when Daniel had this vision, it was future. It was written before these nations. Most of them had appeared on the earth in any great power anyway. Amazing the God we serve. Now this beast... Let's go back to it. One, it was different and it has ten horns. We're going to look at what it means to be different in just a minute. But I want to give you another key because we must understand what these ten horns are. Just turn with me to verse 24, Daniel 7. We'll go back here, by the way, today too. It says, the ten horns are ten kings. Simple. A horn equals a king. There's another key. See, the Bible unlocks what the prophecy means. A horn is a king, a simple, simple key. So let's go back to Daniel chapter 7 and verse 7. After that, in my vision at night, I looked and there was a fourth beast. That's pagan Rome, terrible and frightening and very powerful. There's been no greater kingdom on all the earth than pagan Rome. It had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot. Whatever was left, that's what happened. Pagan Rome just destroyed anything that got in its way. Then the Bible says it was different from all the former beasts and it had ten horns. So in other words... This beast, pagan Rome, it was different, we'll see that in a minute, but it also had ten horns or ten kings or ten nations that came out of it. Very interesting this. If you have a look at the decline and fall of pagan Rome, this is a kingdom really that started, I guess you could say, about 168 years before Christ. And really, it's difficult to establish the exact cut-off point where pagan Rome no, no longer existed as a, as a world kingdom. But, but really, I guess you could say that pagan Rome, it, it, it had filtered out into nothingness by about 538 AD. This is a kingdom that, that went for some 600 years. But you know, as Rome fell, the Bible says it had ten horns or ten kings. Now, I wish I had more time to explain this to you today. But time is the enemy. But suffice to say that as Rome fell, it split up into ten different kingdoms right across Europe. I'll give you an example. 
One of those kingdoms, one of those tribes that took over the old territory of pagan Rome were the Anglo-Saxons. Most of us in Australia, well a great many of us, are descended from the Anglo-Saxons. Who did the Anglo-Saxons become? They became the English. We have the Franks who became the French. We have the Lombards who became the Spanish. And so you have these great tribes, and this is history. You can check this for yourself. God saw it. He said there would be ten kings, or there would be ten horns, ten different tribes that this kingdom would be split up into. Very important that you hold that in your mind as we go further into this study. Then Daniel says something very interesting. He says, while I was thinking about the horns, or the ten kings that this pagan empire split up into, the ten tribes. He said, while I was thinking about the ten tribes there before me, look at this. He says, as these ten tribes come into existence, this is around 500 AD, bear in mind this. As these ten tribes take over what was once pagan Rome, he says, another horn or another king or another power. Look at this carefully. This is prophecy, Bible prophecy at its best. He says, while I was thinking about these ten tribes that took over pagan Rome, there before me was another horn, another little power, just a little one. And it came up among them, or it came up among the ten tribes. Now this is important. If you're a student of Bible prophecy, follow me. As these ten tribes established themselves in Western Europe. A little horn, and we're talking 500, 600 AD around that time, a little horn or a little power, just a little one to start off with, appears. This is one of the watershed times in history because it's this little power, this little horn that appears back in 500, 600 AD, around about that time, as these ten tribes descended upon pagan Rome. It's this little power that sets itself up against God right through to the end of time. Let's find out a little more about this little power because the Bible gives us a whole lot of characteristics which allow us to identify who it is. It says the first thing that happens is that three of the first horns, three of the tribes were uprooted before it. Now if you go back in history, you'll see that this little power that arose at the time of these ten tribes, this little power did in fact destroy three of those tribes. The Heroli, the Vandals, and the Ostrogoths. You better believe it. History says it. This little power that arose, it was a religious and a state power. It was religious and it had, it had secular government authority. This little horn raised armies that went and, and destroyed these three tribes. That's historical fact. If you want to know who this little power is, there's your first point. So what have we got so far? We've got a power that arises from the ten tribes around 500, 600 AD. We've got a power that goes out and destroys three of those tribes. And that's what happened. History tells us that's what this power did. But the Bible doesn't stop there. It says, then this horn had eyes like the eyes of a man. 
at the head of this little horn, of this power that arose in Western Europe around 500-600 AD, is one man. One man, the Bible says, eyes like the eyes of a man. One man rules over this religious, political power. And to this day, that rings true. To this day, there is still only one man in charge of this little horn of this religious, political power that the Bible identifies. And then the Bible says he had a mouth that spoke boastfully. In other words, this power, this little horn that arose from ten tribes, that uprooted three, that destroyed three of those tribes, this little horn, this power that has one man at its head, takes on God. And it does it by speaking boastfully. In other words, by changing the truth as God has given us in the Bible. That's what it means to speak boastfully. Now Daniel, as he sees this vision, He's fearful. He's afraid. He sees these great forces arraying themselves against God, forces that move through to the end of time. And so God sees the fear in Daniel, even as he's in vision, and he says to himself, God says, I need to give Daniel some assurance. Look at these texts. Because Daniel says, as I looked, oh, this is amazing. He says, as I looked, thrones were set in place. And the ancient of days, this is God himself, took his seat. His clothing was white as snow. The hair of his head was like wool. His throne was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. This is an awesome depiction of God in heaven on his throne. The God that no matter who sets himself up against him is in charge. This is God almighty. This is God all powerful. This is the God who rules the universe and has things in control on this planet. Daniel said a river of fire was flowing, coming out before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. Daniel says this little horn, it will be judged. This little horn, this little power that sets itself up against God. There is a time of judgment coming where the horn, and we're talking about powers, not people, where the horn, the power will be dragged before the great judge of the universe, God himself and I'm sure as Daniel as Daniel saw this scene in his vision the great comfort came to his heart but God hadn't finished there because in verse 13 of Daniel 7 he says in my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like the son of man Jesus comes onto the scene this is Jesus now God is a triune God one God three persons God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit as you read the Bible you see this triune God right through its pages from Genesis to Revelation God is a triune God one God three persons a little confusing but it's historical and biblical fact and here we see two persons of that trinity at work for the salvation of man because the Bible says in my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like the son of man Jesus coming, coming with the clouds of heaven he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence Jesus was given, he was given authority, glory and sovereign power all peoples, look at this, all peoples all nations, oh I love this men of every nation, beautiful worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. God says you've seen Babylon, he says you've seen Medo-Persia. He said you've seen Greece, now you've seen pagan Rome and then you've seen the ten tribes and this little horn, this little power that comes up amongst them. A power 
that comes from the ten tribes, a power that has at its head one man, a power, a power, says the Bible, that uprooted three tribes. God says, you've seen that, Daniel, but you need to know this power will be dragged before me. God says to Daniel, it will be judged. He says, more than that, I'll send Jesus. He'll come back to the earth a second time and he will destroy this power and Jesus will reign for eternity. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful promise, isn't it, that God gave Daniel. Daniel, still interested in this little horn, in this little... This little power, because in verse 19 he says, Then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast of Rome, which was different from all the others and most terrifying, with its iron teeth and bronze claws, this is pagan Rome. The beast that crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. Pagan Rome, they had the greatest empire the world had ever seen. I also wanted to know about the ten horns of these ten tribes, about the little horn. Now he wants to know about the little power that came up from the ten tribes from pagan Rome before which all three horns fell, the horn that looked more imposing than the others, the power that looked more imposing, that was more powerful than the others, this little horn that grew to be the most powerful and that had eyes like a man and spoke boastfully. Daniel wanted to know about this little power and I'm sure you do too. And so let's see what more the Bible has to say about it. Verse 21, as I watched, watched, as I watched, this horn, this power was waging war against the saints and defeating them. Until the ancient day of days, that's God the Father came and pronounced judgment in favour of the saints. Look, God is comforting Daniel. He says, this little horn, this little power that arose from the ten tribes, that spoke against God, that had one man at his head, it's a religious political power. He said, it will oppress the saints of God. Remember, this is a power that started five, six hundred AD. It would oppress the saints of God. Look, go back in history. Go to the library. You can identify this power for yourself. I can tell you that somewhere in the Middle Ages in Europe, between 50 and 400 million people were killed or slaughtered by this little horn. It's a religious political power. I want to tell you, I've been to Europe. I know that continent is awash in the blood of God's people. Millions and millions and millions of people, because they wanted to worship the God of the Bible in the way the, the Bible tells us to worship, were put to death, as a fact, by this little horn. Go and have a look in the library. Study for yourself. It's not difficult to work out who this power is. He says, as I watched, the horn was waging war against the saints, defeating them. And it says it will defeat them until the Ancient of Days comes. In other words, this little horn will keep defeating the saints until Jesus comes the second time. God gives Daniel more information, verse 23. He gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom. We know that. Ancient pagan Rome. That will appear on earth. It will be different from all the other kingdoms. Why? Because it's a, this ancient pagan nation of Rome turns into a religious political force. And it does that as the ten tribes break the ancient pagan empire up. He gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on the earth. It will be different from all the others, religious, political, and it will devour the whole earth, trampling and, and crushing it down. This will be a worldwide power. The ten horns, verse 24, we've looked at this already, are ten kings, are ten tribes who will come from pagan Rome. After them, another king. This is this little horn. Another power will arise, different from the earlier ones. He's political, he's religious, and he will subdue three kings. We know this power's already destroyed three tribes. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change set times and laws. I want to tell you, you go to the Bible, 
What you've got here is a power that changes times and laws. You want to work out what this is talking about? It's not difficult either. Go to the law of God, Ten Commandments, found in Exodus chapter 20. And then have a look at time. What law has to do with time? It's a seventh day Sabbath. The Bible says that this little horn will change times and laws. The law of time in the commandments, in God's law, is simple. It's a seventh day Sabbath. And here you have a power. Look at how the Bible characterises them. I know I'm going over and over this, but you need to have it in your mind so you can establish who this power is. A power that, number one, comes up from the ten tribes. A power that, number two, uprooted three tribes. We know it did this. A power that, to this day, a religious political power has one man at its head. A power, the Bible says, that Jesus, only Jesus can stop. A power, the Bible says, that will, that will persecute the saints of God. And then the Bible says, a power, if you look at this, a power that will change times and laws. It's not difficult to establish who this power is if you're prepared to study, go to the library and set the characteristics against history. It's there for the whole world to see. And by the way, what I'm sharing with you this morning is what Martin Luther believed. It's what the great Protestant reformers right through recent history believed. This is not an Adventist thing. It is a Protestant thing. And as you study it, it's a powerful study. And of course, of course God, God identifies this power to us for no other reason than he wants to ensure that we know, we who are alive at the end of time, waiting for Jesus who love him, that we know what's going on. He doesn't want to leave us in the dark. And so he identifies this power. He says this power is moving around throughout the world. He identifies it so you, should, you, you can know and be ready. The Bible says the court, verse 26, will sit. And his power, the power, this little horn's power, will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. This is the second coming of Jesus. Then the sovereignty, then the sovereignty, power and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be handed over to the saints. The people of the Most High, his kingdom, this is God's kingdom, will be an everlasting kingdom. And all the rulers will worship and obey him. I find the study of prophecy fascinating. Prophecy is not there to hurt people. It's not there to condemn people. It's not there to condemn religions or movements. It's there to share with you, God's people, what has been, what is and what is to come. This is a beautiful prophecy. It's a challenging prophecy. It's there for you to establish for yourself who this power is and then to take note and to make sure you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the world, and it's upon us, as it crashes down upon your heads, the only thing that's going to save you, it won't be a religion. It won't be church going. It won't be ties to a denomination. The only thing that will save you will be a relationship, a friendship with Jesus Christ. And that only comes by being men and women of prayer and men and women of the Bible. And I pray that that is your experience this morning. Lord, you've been with us in this study. Thank you, God, for your guidance and your leading. And thank you for the prophecies that you gave Daniel of old. May we take them to heart, learn and be warned by them, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. It's a great prophecy, isn't it? 
But we had such a small amount of time to unpack it. And you could spend weeks, months, maybe years, studying this fantastic prophecy found in Daniel 7. Look, if you'd like to know more about this prophecy, today and today only, I'd like to offer you a free book. It's called The Great Controversy. It's one of the most beautiful books ever written on some of these prophecies that we've looked at today. And you can get this book free of charge by simply emailing the email address on your screen or phoning us. We'll be happy to send it to you free of charge and I know it will help you as you study these prophecies that talk about the past, the present and the wonderful future that God has planned for us. God bless you. He loves you. 